Good morning. This is Ed again of Ed's Bookshelf. We are continuing with our short story entitled The Roses. This is part two. Eventually, another set of parents moved to St. Louis. Strangely enough, however, they had left their son alone in the bus station. Unknowingly, this was the man Miss Rose was to eventually marry. Her father and mother had arrived in that old city, just like his father and mother had arrived in that old city with its time-worn Mississippi River, cursing slowly along the same paths for years. Then together the parents decided that their son was too much of a weight to continue to sustain. They had arrived at the Greyhound bus station, taken him to a lunch counter, bought him a sandwich with milk, and told him to wait for them to return. They never did. As a young boy, his life was hard. Growing up in the city when you were alone and albino caused others, and especially him, to develop a calloused exterior. He fought a lot in the streets of the city. Many of the fights he won, those he lost, he bore the scars as mementos of defeat. He had met Miss Rose one day as she shopped at a downtown market called Soulard. It was a large market that smelled of every kind of produce. Yet it was a festive place, a place where food was good. Reasonable ads varied. The market bore an old world flavor and bore it well. As she and he were waiting in line. Yet his motive was to steal some fruit while she was waiting in line to buy some. He saw that she was an albino. He asked her quietly, Do you come here a lot? She turned, startled at seeing him. Then she composed herself quickly and said, as often as needed. He liked her answer. She looked at him directly in the eyes. He saw that she didn't have any fear in them. Yet a stranger to him at least, but with a sense of caring, he felt comfortable with her. Rose, he whispered. Can I see you again? He asked. Why? She asked. And how do you know my name? Just because, he stammered. And 
I don't know. You look like a lovely rose. And yours? She asked. Uh, he stammered again, for he didn't know his last name. He was orphaned. I'll be a rose, too. He smiled with a boyish grin. Do you work? She asked him. He hesitated again for a while. Yes, I, I work at the mill. Her eyes seemed to look through him. You don't work at all, she said softly. He suddenly felt awkward. It was like she had known his thoughts. Well, I... He tried to explain to her his reason for lying. When a man lies, he cheapens himself. And those who hear him. Don't cheapen me, she said, with those eyes that bore through his soul. He couldn't find the words to speak. He simply agreed with her. The next year they were married. She had made an impact on him. For a month later after meeting her, he actually started working at the meal. He stayed there for 30 years. His roles remained the apartment complex's repository of wisdom. She was there with Margaret the night when her brother left their home. She was the one who found the body of Miss Faye because she cared enough to notice she was missing from the complex. It was Miss Rose who comforted Miss Cat when Slick was killed. She even visited the lonely old lady in the first floor apartment. She had tried to caution Miss Larger to love her husband, even with his shortcomings. Love him more than criticizing him to the extent that she did. Everyone in the complex knew if they had a problem of any kind, they could bring it to Miss Rose. And she had a way of helping them, helping them to see it from a different perspective. As time passed, though she sometimes would cry for hours as she thought about her condition. Mr. Rose would always assure her of his love for her, despite not having any children. When it, he did that, it meant more to her than anything else in the world of which she could think. The loss of memory started slowly for her. One Sunday morning after their meal, Miss Rose asked, where are the forks, Mr. Rose? You had them, Miss Rose, he answered. He knew she had them because he had seen her with them. Funny, she said. I know I saw them just a moment ago. Yet in the quiet of the evening when the complex residents had gone to sleep, 
Mr. and Mrs. Rhodes would sit on the apartment's terrace and talk about the events of the day. It was a good time for them to be together. The hurry, hurry atmosphere of the day was gone, and the cool stillness of the night welcomed some attention also. Did you see what what he did, Mr. Rose? asked Miss Rose, halting and looking quizzically for not being able to remember a name she had known for over ten years. Mr. Rose said, you may miss catch nephew Charles, don't you, Miss Rose? Yeah, yeah, him, she replied slowly. Miss Rose, her husband said quietly, you seem to be getting old. He laughed gaily. Mr. Rose, she said to him as she met his face squarely, it really seems like I have a little trouble recalling things. Now, now, Miss Rose. When people get our ages, they tend to forget things. It's human nature, you know. His voice was reassuring. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, she said with a muted voice. Looking over the hand railing, Mr. Rose now realized that what he had began thinking was indeed true. His wife seemed to be forgetting at a faster pace now than before. What was the problem, he thought to himself. He knew that they were both about the same age, but she had trouble remembering very simple things now. He kissed her cheeks that night, as he had for over thirty years when they went to bed. He never missed this simple loving act. Good night, Miss Rose, he whispered. End of Part 2 Join us the next time for Part 3 of The Roses. An unfailing love. This is Ed Blair of Ed's Bookshelf.